All right, welcome back at the Blitz. Um, how are you, Josh? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Well, seeing the news today that um, high school baseball practice starts tomorrow, and we had a good full swing of baseball, college baseball this weekend. I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, I've been listening to college baseball because Tennessee's been playing down in um, down in Texas, and it's only on streaming. Which, whatever, I guess that's what that's what things are going to now. But it's been only on streaming, so I go and listen to the radio broadcast. So it's like we're in the year twenty twenty four, and I'm listening to baseball like it's nineteen twenty four. Like radio only, I'm just listening to it, sitting in my bed, you know, listening to play-by-play, you know, inning for inning baseball. It's Babe Ruth getting ready to come up the bat, calling his shot. Right. (laughs) And and you can't see it. You're just hoping that the announcer is telling you exactly what's going on. So, you know. All right, so let's jump into the swing of things. Last week, we ended with high school basketball. We're going to start with high school basketball. Um, The bracket set for the region. um, I did not check today. Um, Graham V. High, who was the winner? V. High. V. High won. They they won handily. And we we thought that they – this was their opportunity. This was their, you know, their year to kind of get over the Graham hump. Graham has had some trouble scoring of late. So I, you know, we'll we'll go into our picks in the in the boys. But um, yeah, Graham's had trouble scoring and Virginia High definitely took advantage of it. There was there was probably some kind of home court advantage. Um, it's always difficult to play down at Virginia High. You don't normally get that kind of backdrop, right? All the time, so it can be, it can be weird for teams that come in there and they're, you know, doing it for the first time that season, or, or even if they're doing it for the third time, but it's, you know, a month apart in between opportunities. So, you know, maybe that had something to do with it, but Graham just really hasn't. They haven't been scoring the way a normal grand basketball game uh, basketball team scores so yeah man um virginia high took it took it soundly and rolling into the regional tournament really in my mind the team to beat all right with that being said let's move on into the bracket um starting at the bottom of the bracket we have union and Lebanon um, doesn't seem like that bad of a game for Union. Lebanon's not shabby, but Union a couple of years ago wins state. Yeah, this isn't the same Union team. That's not the same Mountain Seven um, that you've seen over the past, you know, ten or twelve years. So. Um, 
I've actually, I've actually, I'm actually picking Lebanon in the upset because at any given point in time, Lebanon can put up 70 points. They can score. Right. Uh, and you see some of the scores in the Mountain Seven. They don't, they, sometimes they can go through droughts with being able to put the ball in the basket. And that's the name of the game in basketball. Plus, well, even, even in Lebanon's losses here coming into the region, they've still scored, they've been able to score points. Sometimes they haven't been able to score enough points, which is a defensive problem. But if you have a team that doesn't score to begin with, that can help your defense, right? If a team has trouble putting the ball in the basket to begin with, then your defense may look pretty good. Um, so I'm actually taking Lebanon in an upset. They're the Southwest Southwest District 3 seed, playing the Mountain 7 2 seed. And um, you know, a trip to a trip to Union from Lebanon's not that bad. They're it's way worse going from Tazel or Graham. Lebanon's 40 minutes on down the road, so it's really not that bad of a trip. Just head on down to Hansonville and head on to Union. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Lebanon in this one. I, I guess no, I, I just guess, to go ahead and make picks. I can see what you're <laughs> saying. Because um, when I checked the Gate City score, it was like if score stream was correct, it was like 48 38. Right. What in a high score? Right. Right, and you know, I don't, I don't know if Score Stream was right, but Score Stream is right enough for me to have seen some of the scores that Union and Gate City and all them have kind of put up, and and some people might say, well, that's you know, that's a lot of good defense, but at the same time, um, you know, records are records. <laughs> right, um, I know some people in Lebanon. I, I tend to like the Pioneers every now and then. So um, I think Big Red can go down there and pull up the upset as well. Um, so following that up to the next part of that bracket is V High and Ridgeview. Uh, the way we started this off, I guess we know where it's going to go, but how do you see it? Yeah. So I like I like Virginia High in this one. I think it – it is a long trip from Ridgeview to anywhere, but it's definitely a long trip from Ridgeview to Virginia High. They're going to play on those backboards <laughs> um, with a with an interesting backdrop that you're not used to seeing. Although I will say that Ridgeview at least can make the claim that some of the backdrops at their gym are not normal, uh, a little bit empty space behind there. But um, I like Virginia High in this one. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with the Bearcats just because of what they've done with Graham and uh, some others that they've played. So now let's right. move on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they they they've held Graham. You know, they've really held Graham in check all season long. Yes. So um, now moving up to the next part brings in the G Men and uh, Y Central. Or Central Wise, however they call themselves, uh, known to be a basketball school, but not as much as the boys' side as the girls' side. Oh yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a girls' basketball school without a doubt. Um, 
Wise is good, but this is not a good draw for them. Um, they're going to have to they're going to have to hit the road and go up to Bluefield. Um, I like Graham in this one. I think Graham playing at home, even though we've talked about home you know home court advantage is not meaning as much. It, it'll mean a little bit more in the region. Um, I like Graham in this one. This is just a tough draw for Wise. I agree. I think the G-men walk through this one. Uh, Central having to travel to Bluefield, best thing they can do is stop and eat between wherever they yeah. get on and stop in Tazewell or Elmars or travel up well, in they, Bluefield. Yeah, they could they could go to Pals before the game and then just blame it on Pals. That they could. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Pals taste is delicious, but 30 minutes later, you ain't feeling good. Now the game huh. of the the game of the bracket, in my opinion, um, Marion can be very tricky at times and give you a game, or they may not show up. Who knows? Uh, versus Gate City, the one seed on the Mountain Seven. I mean, what what have we said about Marion all year long? Kind of like we they, did in football, right? They're just lurking around. Um. Which is also one of the reasons why I why I took Lebanon, um, because I felt like Marion was a was a actually a, a pretty good basketball team, um, but we've also said in Southwest Virginia, um, especially in the Southwest District, basketball is a crapshoot at best. Um, you can get hot, but for the most part. It's it's just so hit or miss. I think this will be a really good game. It'll be it'll be really fun to watch and see if Gate City scores. Can they score more than forty five points, fifty points? Um, and if they don't, if they just get to the fifty point mark, will they have held Marion? You know, this is a this is a rematch of the first round of the region in football as well. So the teams know each other. The kids know each other. Marion's traveling to Gate City once again in the first round of the region. Can they get over the hump? No, it's pretty ruckus down in Gate City. Um, I, I'm with you. I like Marion in this matchup. Um, I think this would be more of an upset than the Lebanon Union, and we both picked the Pioneers. Um oh. Absolutely, absolutely, a much bigger upset, much bigger upset. And I, I think that Marion can pull it off, but just with everything going on, I, I think Gate City holds on tight. Um, maybe a five-point game. It might be more at the end because of free throws, but I think if you can go back and watch it on NFHS and you get to two minutes, it'll probably be a five-point game. Yeah, I would agree with that. This isn't a good matchup for Gate City. They, I'd say they'd probably want to play Lebanon, and then all of a sudden they get Marion, and it's kind of like, ugh, I don't know. We'll see how it. We'll see how it goes. It's a crapshoot, dude. Um, if if Gate City can't score, all it takes is for Marion just to get hot in a quarter. Right. If you, if you can score fifteen in a quarter. Then you you might 
you might take a lead that they can't that they can't come back from. It's tough to play in Gate City. And the thing Period. about it is with Mac McClung, um, winning the dunk contest again. Congratulations to him. But Mac McClung and then the kid right after him, they've brought an atmosphere to that arena that when you go into that gym, they're going to pack it out. So if if you get too far behind, the crowd's going to be there and it's going to be tough. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. I've called basketball games down there when when Mac was playing. And it's literally standing room only, and they've got people in the cafeteria watching it on closed circuit TVs. I mean, it can get it can get overwhelming, and they come out and they support their basketball team down there. So, I like Gate City in a close one. All right, let's jump over to the girls. Uh, starting at the bottom of the bracket again, we have Marion traveling to Ridgeview. Um, how do you see that? You know, Ridgeview may be very good, but why Central is so good that it, you know, you could be a really good two seed coming out of the Mountain Seven. And and it just it doesn't matter how good you are because why Central is really good. Um I think Marion's a good basketball team, the girls' basketball team. I think they're sneaky good, kind of like their boys. They they didn't let things slip. Um in the district tournament like the boys did, but also don't think that Marion had the, had the um, uh, competition that the boys had. So I'm actually, this is funny because I've taken the Southwest district three seed um, two times in a row. Now I'm going to take Marion over Ridgeview in a close one. Uh, when we started the podcast back up and we started talking about girls, um, I believe I put Graham at one and Marion at two. And, and I still believe Marion's a good basketball program. And as you said, Ridgeview's probably been overshadowed. But I like Marion in this. Um, I don't know what it is about red teams. Um, <laughs> we tend to gravitate to them. But, and neither one of us have a red team on any radar that we pull for, except maybe Liberty, which our primary color is blue. Um, right. So, yeah, Marion taking down the Wolf Pack. So let's jump up to one that could be an interesting matchup between V High and Union. I mean, it, it could be a – it could be an interesting matchup. Like I said, the Mountain 7, they could be really good, but Y Central so good that it you would you might think that they're not as good as what they are. Like, you might get a false – a false positive, right, or a false reading on, on, you know, the kind of basketball teams that they are. I still like Virginia High. Virginia High is playing really good basketball. Their girls have played good basketball um, for the past, you know, three or four years now um, and have really started to, you know, Coach Timmons, bless his heart. Um, I've had to deal with him a lot in, in calling basketball games, but um, – I like I like Virginia High in this one. I like Virginia High pretty big too. Yeah, um, I don't want to throw the Southwest under the bus at all because, of course, we're homers. Um, there's no green in here, so it really doesn't hurt to pick. But um, being a dare officer as long as I was, knowing some of these kids, 
just hard to pick. And that's for when we start getting up into the next part. But I, I'm taking V high in this one as well. Uh, gotcha. Looking at the second half of the bracket, this is where it's going to get pretty ugly and hard. Uh, Gate City versus Graham. Gate City's traveling to Bluefield. Uh, who do you got? Well, Gate City's program in girls, Coach House Wright has a has run a really good program. It'll be whether or not her assistant coach and husband Jake can keep his mouth shut and not get teed up or ejected from the game. Um, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if if that's what did happen. Um, as far as coaches go. Jake is one of the toughest ones to deal with in the Southwest district. Um, especially, especially when it gets down to crunch time. Um, I like him a lot and I, you know, I've got a lot of respect for his wife as well. I mean, she's got a great program down there. They're built for this. I think this might be a little too much for Graham. I haven't, I mean, Full disclosure and full candidness here. I haven't followed Gate City um, girls this year, but I'm just kind of going off of a off of historical data at this point. And my gut feeling is that while Graham has had a great season, and I certainly, you know, am a Southwest District homer, I I could see Gate City pulling this upset. I've pulled upsets. Um, in, you know, three out of three out of four sides, mainly because I just think all of this is a crapshoot. And to say it's going to be straight chalk is not going to happen. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but the likelihood of everything just going based on seed, I don't think is going to happen in that regard. So I like Gate City in this one, in a close one, in Bluefield. I went to Max Prep, looked it up. Uh, I know Graham started off rough in the beginning of the season. They picked it up at the end of the season to get to where they are. Kudos to to those girls for not giving up and getting better as they moved on. Gate City's 8-13. Graham is 11-14. So with Gate City having to – Go to Graham. Go to Bluefield. Graham's got three more wins on him. I was going to do what you did, but I'm going to take take Graham moving on. I'm going to take the Jeans yeah. and the Jessica Gunner moving them forward. Right, and and I would say like Gate City at eight and thirteen. Um, take Y Central off of that schedule, um, and insert Taswell. Now they're. 10 and 11. Right. Yeah. 10 and 12, you know. So, you know, they're 10 and 11 at that point. Everyone's going to take a loss from Y Central. So, well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't agree on that one. <laughs> right. Um, the next one's just sad to me. Um, and I'll say it's going gonna, gonna to be a blowout. Um, since we started this podcast, we haven't been able to to even make them a clear favorite in anything we've done. And that's totally unheard of. And if the two girls don't transfer, one go to Abingdon, one go to Holmaker, 
they, they're not the the four seed. They may be down playing Ridgeview or 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 I, I don't know. They're they're just not going to be the four seed. But Richlands right. is traveling to Central. Um, man, if Trivet's there, might be different, but she's gone. Even with Trivet there, even with Trivet there, doesn't change anything. I don't mean against just, Central. I don't mean against Central. I just don't think they're in that slot. Sure, sure. But but let's just say they are in that slot, and they do have to play Y Central. And no matter what, they'd have to play Y Central anywhere or at any point in time if they're going to win the region. Right. And Trivet transferred to Abingdon and still couldn't beat. Central. So, you know, why is by 35? Yeah, they've only lost two games. I don't know who those two losses are to, but they only lost two games. And you called this at the, the beginning of this podcast. Uh, they're they're the best basketball team. They might beat they might beat some of the boys. I'm not joking. No, I and, I, I could see it. I mean we had and I'm certainly, and I'm certainly not the, I'm not the spokesperson for women's sports, and or men playing against women and vice versa. I'm not that person, but why Central's girls could beat as a team more than one boys basketball team in this area. Well, when you're talking about boxing out, and when you're talking about running plays, and just the flow of basketball and the beauty that you can watch. Why Central Girls can beat some of the boys who just think they're gifted and they don't box out. They just put up threes. They don't run plays. So I I, I get exactly what you're saying on that. Um, yeah. They're yeah. a better basketball team for sure. So that's where we are with the Southwest District and Mountain 7 in the region. So now let's move in to Josh's uh, bread and butter of Joe Lenardi's, is it top 16? Yeah, so the NCAA's top 16 came out on Saturday. Maybe they should have waited until, like, Sunday evening. <laughs> because as soon as, as soon as those brackets come out, you get Auburn getting beat by Kentucky. Uh, Wisconsin loses again to Iowa. And today, this afternoon, Ohio State edges uh, Purdue by four. So, and, and here's the funny thing. So, people are like, oh, Purdue this and, and UConn, that, you know, Purdue and UConn, UConn should be number one. They're number one in the AP and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But we'll do some, we'll do some like, um, some blind tests and just talk about some of the analytics and see what, what people really, you know, what you would really think uh, when you, when you compare resumes, but um, yeah. So it was, like I said, Purdue, UConn one and two Houston and Arizona three and four. So your top four were top four, one seeds, for Purdue, UConn, Houston, and Arizona. Um, 
And I also said this, and this is really interesting. I was like, there are three teams at the top. We know they're going to be there. The fourth one is kind of a round robin. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we said, you know, Houston's one of those three. Well, what if I told you that Houston is eight and three in quad one, and, and this is eight and three in quad one, and I don't, I don't know if the game that they played Saturday was a quad one game that hadn't updated, and I. I didn't go and look through all this, but they're eight and three in quad two. They're five. Well, Arizona is seven and three in quad one. They have one less win. They're three and one in quad two. They have two more wins. And I think this is what kills Arizona. They're six and one in quad three. So they have a quad three loss and they're three and oh in quad four. But here's the interesting thing. And, and we've put, and I have too, Houston on this pedestal, right? Well, Arizona's strength, Arizona's strength of schedule is 16. Their non-conference strength of schedule is 11. They've played a much tougher schedule because Houston's strength of schedule is 33. Their non-conference strength of schedule, 177. So I don't know if there's that big of a difference between these bottom two one seeds and the top half the top half of um, the two seeds. Although I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure that the twos are where they're, where they should be in my opinion. But, but the two seeds, like the two seeds are UNC, Tennessee, Marquette and Kansas in that order. As much as I want Marquette to be a two or one, um, they got obliterated by UConn. Right, they've got obliterated by UConn. Um, but okay, so this is funny too. So UConn is nine and two in quad one, five and zero oh in quad two, but their strength of schedule is fifty-two overall and seventy-six in the non-conference. And Marquette's is 15 overall and 16 in the non-conference. I mean, Marquette's got wins. I mean, they beat Kansas in the Maui before they went and played Purdue. I mean, got got beat by Purdue. I mean, that's that's one of their losses. They've got six losses, yes, but they've played a much tougher schedule than UConn overall. UConn is nine and two in quad one and five and zero oh in quad two. There's other than Purdue, no one has more quad one wins than UConn and Purdue. They're they're the top. They have nine apiece. But UConn has nine quad four wins. They they played 26 games, um, 26 games, and 40% of their games have been in quad four. So you're saying I get to play one quad one game a week and one quad four game a week, basically, is what you're saying. So we get a warm up to play the big boy. We get a warm up to play the big boy, and I, I think that's the determining factor. Even with UConn beating Marquette and Purdue losing to at Ohio State, I still don't think the committee changes it. No, they're in love with with Purdue, and Purdue's not a bad club. But you take Edie away, 
And if my buddy Ryan Lark is listening to this podcast, he looks just like Ryan Lark, Ryan. seven foot tall. Um, but that's why Purdue's number one. They're in love with with Zach Eady. Yeah, but okay, Purdue is nine and three in quad one, and I'm I'm counting the loss today because that was a quad one loss. Right, they're nine and three in quad one, which. No one has more wins than them in quad one. And um see, no one's played more quad one games than them. They're six and zero in quad two, which is more than what UConn has. They're five and zero in quad three, three and zero in quad four. Their strength of schedule overall, number three in the country, number eight in the non-conference. Yeah. They they have they, they haven't shied away from anyone, and basically they've beaten every, you know. Here's the other thing. Out of the top 16 seeds, they've beaten like six of them. I like Purdue. They've beaten, you know, they've beaten Tennessee. They beat um, Wisconsin. They've beaten Illinois. Um, you know, they – they played six of the top sixteen seeds, and they they're six and zero against them. Right, and UConn hasn't done that. Their their quad one wins are different than than Purdue's, you know, quad one wins. And that's why I said like metrics wise, Purdue like has the best you know paper that you can put in front of them. Plus, when you watch them in real life, they they have great guard play. They didn't. They didn't shoot the ball well today. I watched the entire game. Right. Um, but they have great guard play. They have a dominant player of the year, big man. He's going to be the first two-time Naismith player of the year since Ralph Sampson. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you didn't put them number one overall, people would lose their minds. Like even people that don't like Purdue would be like, y'all have got to be you have got to be crazy. Right. They're the best. <laughs> like, they came to our place and smoked us. I've seen them in person. Who beats them? You know, you just have yeah. to catch them on a on an off night. No, I, I still like Purdue. And I've ever since Edie's been there, I'm pretty sure I've had them in the final. Um, so we're sitting at 625 left. Um a team that is overranked really quick, and I'll, I'll start with that. Number two seed, UNC. I don't know what the we're doing. Um, I don't know if our, uh, our chemistry's down, but if we don't find it, we're going to end up with four or five. Maybe not that low, maybe a three or four, but um, there could be two you're, you're coming. You're still going to – okay, so – You've got a quad three loss already, and you're the top line of the two seeds. So the committee's not going to see. And you're saying that UNC's overseeded. Well, Duke is too. And I said that Duke was going to be on the three line. You did, but that's because I was just going to say what the what I think the committee's going to say. What I really think is Duke's on the kind of the bottom part. Of the four line, they're borderline a five seed, in my opinion. Um, 
Well, in the bracket I'm looking at, he has Duke a four seed right now. Yeah, Lenardi does, but the committee okay. has him as the number number twelve overall seed. Gotcha. They have a strength of schedule at seventy eight, and their non conference is one eleven. They're five and two in quad one, one and two in quad two, and eight and one in quad three. They have a quad three loss. They have a losing record in quad two, and they've only played seven quad one games. The only reason why they're a three seed is the big D. Right. The name that, that comes with it. Right. The name that comes with it. They're 20 and five. And they're like, Duke's 20 and five. They should be ranked this. The team that has surprised me is with Caleb Love. Um, yeah, you led us to a national championship. We didn't win it. Um, but I yelled at my TV more than ever when he was on the court as a Tar Heel. And there's Arizona sitting in a one seed right now. Right. And Arizona has a quad three loss. So Arizona has a quad three loss. They're six and one in quad three. UNC has a quad three loss. They're four and one in quad three. Kansas has a quad three loss. They're five and one in quad three. That's a one seed and two two seeds. Mm-hmm. So um do you those there are three teams in the top eight that have a quad three loss. So do you think that Chalk is going to make it through the tournament? No. No. No way. No. Because all it all it takes is, I mean, UNC has a loss to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was nine and eleven at the time. And they then lost. proceeded proceeded to parlay their big win over UNC by getting smoked at home by Wake. Yeah. Yeah, sure did. Uh, like 20. Um, so people can say there's parity. I guess there's parity or there's just not a dominant, you know, there's not dominant teams or there's not five or six teams that can like really make a push. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, two or three teams, two teams that are really dominant, a third that's lingering out there. And then, you know, if it, if you just don't, you know, Marquette lays an egg at UConn. Um, Kansas, by the skin of their teeth, beats Oklahoma. You know, it's just it's just crazy. But I think that realistically, I think Alabama's overseeded a little bit. I think Duke is definitely overseeded. I think Iowa State is overseeded, personally. They've played well in the Big 12, but I, I don't think that there's they're that high. Their non conference strength the schedule is three twenty two. They're nine and zero in quad four. Right. They've only played. They're. They've played. Nine quad one games. They're five and four. They're three and one in quad two. Right. All and right. Played nine quad one games and nine quad four games. So with our last minute and a half, as we. Always do. Where are we eating? Oh, well, went to Fisher and Company. Even with 
John and Ashley not there. <laughs> um, and had the ribs and they were amazing. I couldn't eat. I got the full rack because I'm a full rack kind of man. Right. Couldn't eat them all. And I say I couldn't eat them all, but I, I could have, but I decided to bring a few back and I had them in an omelet the next morning. Hey. So um, Fisher and company, bro. Fisher and company. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to throw it out to, to my normal here and uh, go to the happy goat this week. Um, I had a place in mind in Bluefield to, to share some love and I completely lost it. So um, I'll give them love next week. But uh, hey, if you're, if you're in Bluefield and you're there in the morning, go to the um, um, the coffee shop, the Daily Grind. Is it Daily Grind? The new one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, right there in Bluefield, Virginia, in the square. All right. Go there every Tuesday and Thursday after I drop Huntley off for school. It's perfect. 